Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Stephanie. Steph, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Year. It's 2020! (laughs) No, it's not. It's not, actually. We're recording this (laughs) in December, a couple weeks before. But hey, we'll... It's like we're in the the future right now. Or by the time people listen, we're in the past. Depending on... Ooh, we're we're time traveling. That's a whole new yeah. kind of travel. Um, but this is a, we're recording the first episode of 2020 and we are so hyped for this year. We've got some really amazing content coming up for you guys. We've mapped it out. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> We've made this shit we legit. We have made this shit legit. <laughs> um, something I like to do at the beginning of the year, Steph, I don't know if you're the same. I know, Steph, you're into like doing your vision boards and all that, but I always try to like put yes. together a list of places that I want to travel to, whether it's near or far. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you, have you done the same, Steph? I mean, what's on, you, what's on your um, list so, for this well, year? I mean, my first, obviously, tons of day weekend trips around Australia. I'm coming to visit you in London yeah. in March, and I'm doing. I'm going to Tasmania in April. This is actually an update um, that we haven't posted about in the last few weeks. But I actually broke my ankle a few weeks yes. ago, so the Overland track. I'm still doing it, but I've had to postpone it from February to April, um, just so that has time to heal and I can continue training properly beforehand. Mm. Um, and then I'm not sure there's a little bit of a lull between that April to the end of the year. Yeah. At the end of the year, I'm going to be going home for Christmas to Canada next year. And I mean, hopefully, I don't know if we're going to do an Alaskan cruise or the Northern Territories of Canada. We want to kind of tack something on to that going home trip. Okay. So you've got a few things planned. Mm. I mean, I haven't done like any extensive, extensive planning, but I do know I've got a couple days that I've carried over 
uh, for vacation days from work. So I've got to use those before March. So I'm thinking a little like a long weekend away to Lisbon. I've never, I've still never been to Lisbon. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking somewhere that'll be kind of warm-ish during that sort of like February months. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be as hot as it is in the summer, but I'm thinking Lisbon. I'm going to be in Costa Rica ringing in the New Year's this year. So that's right. I keep forgetting that. I know. So after I go home for a couple of days for Christmas, I'm going to fly straight out to Costa Rica with uh, my sister, and my brother-in-law. We're going to spend some time there. So some like sun in the, in those beginning horrible months of winter. Well, winter over here, obviously not winter over in yes. Australia. Uh, and then I'm really hoping to do South America this year at some point. Ooh. Yeah, so yeah. I've got a, a friend that's traveling for six months out there right now. Very jealous. So hoping I can maybe find some time to go see him wherever he is. And yeah, just like uh, same little weekends away in Europe. I'm, I need to tick off. There's so many European countries I still haven't done. So yeah, that's my, I mean, it's not set in stone yet, but. Well, and of course, we are going to be exploring more of the UK together. So you and I. When we lived in London together and you living there since, you always leave the UK. So we're actually going to, we decided yeah. when I come visit, because the first thing we always say when I come visit is, okay, where else should we go? Right. We um, don't want to stay in London. Yeah. We actually decided this time we're going to go just do more of, you know, maybe the coast or just go all around the UK. So yeah. We'll see more of your country as well. Yeah. And whoever's listening, uh, we want to know your travel plans for 2020. To both, yes, to inspire us, but then uh, also I'm just always interested in. There's lots of places people travel to that I've never even heard of before. So let us know if you guys have plans for 2020. Yeah, even if you just want someone to be your cheerleader, I'll be your cheerleader. Yeah, definitely. I love when other people book shit. Today's episode, talking (laughs) about going and traveling places. Steph, have you ever been discouraged by anyone Um, from actually traveling? Many, many, many times. People giving you reasons as to why you shouldn't travel or you yes. shouldn't move abroad. or There is nothing quite like unsolicited advice that you don't want or yeah. don't need. Yep. And people love to give it. That's what we're talking about today. We're, we're going to well, give you a list of all the reasons that people have given us uh, on, our, on our Instagram. We asked for some of your reasons that you've heard why you shouldn't travel. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. those today. And we're going to sort of debunk all of those yeah. reasons as to why they're all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Okay, so to jump in, I'm going to give a little bit of background here because I am very fortunate that when I grew up, my parents were very much like, you can do whatever you want. You can work wherever you want. You can see the world. You can do anything. They were really those kind of parents. And I assumed naively as a young child that this is what everyone's parents did. And the only reasons I understood growing up that people wouldn't travel were for either obviously financial reasons or time reasons, whether you Mm -hmm. only got so much vacation or whatever. Those were kind of my two understandings. And then when I was in university, I lived with two girlfriends and we were just planning a trip to Cuba. We've mentioned many times Cuba is Canada's kind of cheap, all-inclusive. When you book it, it covers your ground transportation, your airport transfers, your meals, resort, accommodations, flights, like all of it. It's like the winter getaway in Canada when it's so cold in the middle of winter and you just want to go somewhere that's cheap, hot, sit by pool, sit by the beach. It's usually Cuba or the Dominican Republic. Those are the two two spots. And you don't need to think about it much. You book it, you go... And it's pretty stress-free. So me and my one roommate, 
easy, no problem. My other roommate, so she couldn't come because her mother wouldn't let her go because there were no men coming with us. Oh. Yeah. Her mother had it in her head that everywhere in the world is unsafe and you need to travel with men to protect you should something happen. Right. And because there were no men going... She genuinely wasn't allowed to go. That's such like an uh, old school mentality. I mean, what was, how many years ago was this? Even like 10 years ago? This, yeah, this would have been about 2006. I mean, this isn't the 50s. Yeah, (laughs) it blew my mind. And of course, like, unfortunately for her, me and my one roommate still went, had the time of our lives, and she just was home the whole time. I'm like, that is shit that, you know, you would be held back from an opportunity because of someone else's naive or even ignorant thinking and and that would obviously plan because I'm assuming your friend hadn't really traveled that much anyways but I would think that would plant a seed in your head to kind of deter you from traveling ever to say like oh it's unsafe if you go on your own you're not with a man yeah and then in my head if I was that I mean presumably you guys were still pretty young but I, I feel like that would plant a seed in my head thinking oh my god it's so unsafe to travel anywhere outside of my native country well I mean and thankfully as she you know she busted out of that and she's been all around the world as well now oh good but I just was flabbergasted so that was kind of my first realization that there are people out there who will actively encourage you not to see the world I, I think, and I want to just touch on on that, the whole, the world is unsafe, because I do feel like that is a big reason. I've heard it before, especially some of the countries like, Stephanie, you've got, you and I have gone to, especially think yeah. of Egypt. Like, how many people said to us, like, oh, don't go to Egypt, it's unsafe. Granted, yes, there was a an ISIS car bomb explosion <laughs> while we were there. I'll put that caveat in. Um, Side note. Yeah. It's still never really cross my mind think like eh, I'm not gonna go there I feel like the biggest reason people and you'll it, it's generally people that haven't really traveled that much that say things like this mm-hmm. and it's not that other countries or places are scary or are dangerous per se but I feel like people are scared of them because of the unfamiliarity with it and I think that's what's scary it's unfamiliar territory versus the actual place itself if that makes sense yeah and I think it's a bit of that and people not differentiating between so for example Toronto's not a place people would typically think oh Toronto's unsafe don't go right but there are definitely dangerous neighborhoods in Toronto that tourists would never go to and that's sort of the same thing anywhere you go Right. So when you go to Washington DC there's neighborhoods you don't go to and so it's just a matter of A, not letting the media taint your view of a place because obviously the media and the news show the most sensational things happening, which are often crime. And then just really doing your research. Well, and I always say that what we see and what we read in the media, that's fine. But I feel like we still have some responsibility in doing our own research into what's fact and what's fiction. And, And we live in a day and age now of fake news. We hear about it all the time. And we know and we should know at least by now that everything we read on like Facebook or online newspapers, it's not always true. It's clickbait. Mm -hmm. They're not real journalists. And they do sensationalize a lot of these things. And that's it. A lot of these people that say, oh, somewhere's unsafe. You shouldn't go there. I mean, have they been there? Do they actually know anyone that's been there? Or have they just read something? That is my favorite thing about this excuse is it's always people who've never been there who give you advice on what the country's like. Right. And it's like, what? Okay. Talk to me when you've been there. Exactly. (laughs) 
So the next big one, and this one is very personal to me, is that you should be focusing on your career. Oh, so, yes. Career. And the reason this one is so personal to me, and I'm going to get a little fired up probably, is because when I quit my job and I gave my notice, I believe it was late January 2015, mm-hmm. and I gave six weeks notice. That is tons of time. Very respectful. Uh, you can bring someone on board to train. I, everyone at my work was so supportive and they were saying amazing things, but there was one man, one man who lost his shit. Was it your boss or was it just a... No. Well, and the funny part is he was kind of like a contractor, but I did work hand in hand with him a lot. So we worked very closely together. So I don't know if he was just angry. He was blindsided by me quitting or if he genuinely thought he had an opinion about my life choices (laughs) Right. I don't know, but he went ape shit, and he actually said to people that I was ruining my life by quitting the job, and it was so extreme that my boss actually had me work in a different office in a different city to finish my notice, my mm. remaining time, Yeah, so that I would not have to cross paths with this guy, because they were like, we don't know what he'll do or say to you. Like, he's so mad. I look back on it now, and I'm just... It makes me laugh so hard because I just think, fuck that guy. Like, if women listen to men like him, we wouldn't do things. We would be set back, like, 30 years. <laughs> if, we, if like you said, if a, if a oh. woman listened to a man like that and their opinions. And what's great is he genuinely considered himself a champion of women. Like, he was all, like... You know, women are women are brilliant. He was he what he's married to a very strong, brilliant woman himself. Mm. So he considered himself a champion of women. But then, as soon as something that affected him personally, it was like, how how dare you make this decision for your yeah. life? Yeah, because it affects me. Yeah, and I think this this probably ties into. I mean, this could. I've worked places before where if I want to take a couple weeks off. Now, I used to have the mindset, and I think this was my first real career job back in Toronto and I used to think like oh my god if I'm away for two weeks everything's gonna fall apart my job (laughs) needs me nothing's gonna work and that's how I used to think and I would never take more than a few days off at a time now that's yeah I have now realized good 10 years into my professional career now that that could not be further than the truth at the end of the day guys you are replaceable. Like, and I mean that in the nicest way possible, but I do feel like Mm. some people are so loyal to their employers and that's great. It's, it's great if you do have a really good relationship, you know, whether it's your manager or the company itself and they treat you really well. But at the end of the day, if you want to do something, whether it's travel for two weeks or quit your job, like Steph did and travel Mm -hmm. for a long period of time, your work should never really be the first point of decision making if you know what I mean yeah like you should never think oh my god if I left for six months or I go traveling the world for a year but what's my work gonna do without me I could never do that to them I don't want to put them in that position like that's great that you sound like a really good person but I always think of it from another perspective you're selling yourself short yeah and and you're and I'm speaking as someone I've been laid off a couple times in since in my professional career in London by companies and at the end of the day there's really no loyalty one side or the other and that's just maybe my experience but <laughs> there's that whole saying that if you were to die tomorrow your job would be posted before your obituary there you go if traveling 
is a priority of yours. And we're not saying like, it's great if career is your number one priority in life. I get it. Yeah. But if you are thinking of wanting to travel again, whether it's two weeks, six months, a year, thinking about your, your job and your employer as the first point of decision making should, it shouldn't even, I don't even know if it should even make the list. Should it make the list stuff? I don't know. I mean, I think there's a, there's like you said, you gave them six weeks notice. There's a, there's a nice way of doing it where you're respectful yeah. of it, but it should never sway your yes, no decision. Exactly. Even with, again, you get vacation time at work. I know people that work for companies that they feel guilty about taking those days. There's companies now that have unlimited holidays and they actually find that people that have these unlimited holidays, they take less vacation than people that have a set amount of days per the year. We hear a lot about it from people that work in the States. Well, and the thing is, is a lot of people, the States are so heavily criticized because their basically minimum vacation time is two weeks. And that's what the general population get is those two right. weeks. But when they do a study of that, they found most people aren't even taking their two weeks. Yeah, exactly. They feel guilty. They feel like if they, they leave their employer, their manager, or their team, they're going to be fucked without them. Guys, they won't be. They'll be perfectly fine. My first career job, there was one guy there and he was the graphic designer for the whole entire organization. And he just did everything for everyone. And I said, you are irreplaceable. We need you here. Like you are the one person that works here that we mm. couldn't do without. And he was laid off like a couple weeks later and they just decided to outsource everything he did. Right. And I, that was like, I believe that was my first job straight out of university. And that was my reality check of no one is irreplaceable. And like, it's, it's sad, but it's true. I don't know if the culture in the UK is different, but I still know people I've worked with that are like late 20s in their early 30s and they'll quit to go traveling. My friend Ian, he's same age as me. He's 34 and he quit his job. He had been there for like 10 years and he's like, eh, fuck it. I've had enough. I'm going to go traveling for six months. And he did it. And so this sort of ties in though as well about... One of the things you hear a lot of people say, you're too old. I guess at the end of the day, guys, you're never too old to travel. I think we've said this before. And I remember when we moved over to the UK, we were 25, Steph, I think. Yeah, I think I was 26. And I actually remember then, like, there was people that I had worked with that when I told them I was going to move, I didn't know how long it was going to be for, but they had kind of said to me, like, aren't you too old to be moving to another country or doing like at the time I thought it was going to be kind of a gap year and it had never really struck me that I might have been but then as soon as people said it I did think I'm like I'm 25 oh my god I'm mid-20s I'm close to 30 and all these thoughts started going through my head that I'm like maybe I am too old to do this like maybe I should stay home maybe I should keep my job that I'd been at that I hadn't really been that happy with but you know again it's a career it's what you're supposed to do and thankfully I didn't listen to those people and yeah I up and left and here I'm nine years later but it's just funny to think back where I thought I was old at 25 and here I am sitting at 34 and I still sometimes get those motions in my head where I'm like am I too old to be traveling every weekend or whatever? And it's just, someone actually said to me, they gave me really good good advice. They're like, think about when you're like 70 and you're going to think back to when you're 34 and be like, God, I was young. Well, and the irony of people using this excuse is too much for me because my parents' generation, they were the generation where you work your whole life and then you travel. Right. So you were supposed to travel when you were older at retirement age. And now suddenly that, you know, travel is more accessible and people are doing it at all ages. 
somehow yeah. we're going to think it's too old. Like that's what it's been for decades, centuries. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think it's because we've always followed this sort of cookie cutter life of like, this is what you're supposed to do in life. And as you said, Steph, like our parents' generation, they had that cookie cutter. Like you get married in your early 20s, you start having kids, you buy a house, you work the same job for 30, 40 years, you retire, and then you travel. Now it's 2019. We don't, now people are getting married much later in life. Women are not having kids. Thing I think we're we're now at a point in feminism where it's like, hey, we're not just baby pushers. That's not what we're here for. We can do things differently. Um, and I think, yeah, we just need to shift. We're, we have shifted away from that sort of, this is what you're supposed to do in life mold. But the people giving you that advice of like, hey, you're supposed to be working or you're supposed to be settling down and getting married. I mean, it, they're from a different generation. This is not our parents' generation anymore. And people are traveling sooner now. What you just said actually segues into one of the points I had on my list. Mm. And thank goodness I never had this. But I know a lot of people who have encountered this is... You should be looking for a husband. You should be settling down. Oh, Those yes. are a common reason people have heard. And for me, I've where I've really encountered it is more with my friends who have an Indian family or an Asian family where they wanted them to settle down and start looking for a husband and thinking about children from a very young age. It's the cultural differences. Yeah. The thing I think is funny about it and why I've never worried about those two things were that I think I was my early 20s and I read a study just about how if you don't get married until you're 32, the likelihood of you getting a divorce drastically drops. Yes. Versus I, thought, getting I married. thought you were going to give the statistic of like it was something like you have more of a chance of getting killed by a terrorist than oh. getting married <laughs> after the age of like 30 or something like that's one of no. those like crazy statistics that exist. But I mean, it's obvious. I hope. It's not true. That is not true. That's what I thought you were going to say. And I'm like, no, Steph, please don't use that statistic. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying the likelihood of yeah. divorce is far. So for some reason, I never even had relationships in my head. I was like, I will maybe start thinking about it when I'm 32. Yeah. I just didn't give a shit. I was like, I'm going to do me. I'm going to, you know, work in jobs I love. I'm going to see the world. And that's what I want to do. And mm. I did not even have relationships on my mind. I mean, I feel like I've gotten into that that sort of mindset in the last few years as well. And because I had spent the first, I guess, like three years of my time in London in a relationship. And mm. this is actually going into another point that kind of comes up. I, so because I had been in this relationship, I was with someone that really couldn't afford to travel that much, didn't really like it. I mean, that was one of the things we didn't really have in common. And I actually sacrificed a lot of travel time to be in this relationship. And one of the things I think people are told, what, like, especially when it comes to solo traveling, oh, well, you can't go unless you go with your significant other. Now, this is oh. something that I, I would think, I, I used to think that when I was with my ex and I'm thinking, oh, well, I want to go here, but I can't because he can't afford to go or he has to work. And so I guess I just won't go. And I feel like I wasted out on a lot of the first three years here. Tra I didn't really do that much traveling while I'd been living in London. And then once we split up, I kind of felt like I was making up for that after we split yep. up. And it's like you said, the last thing, and I think I was late 20s, early 30s when we split up, the last thing that was on my mind was getting into a relationship. I was like, right, I can do my thing. I can go solo travel. And I just felt, I mean, it was like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. But it's like you said, mm -hmm. we, we're not in a generation now where we have to think about getting married and having kids at a certain age, you know, you can do yeah. all that. And, and so for the last 
few years now, I have been just doing my thing and traveling as much as I can and on my own. And boys are not even like, they. <laughs> I mean, they cross my mind here and there, but. <laughs> well, and the one thing I'll say too about the part, because Gina on Instagram did send us one of hers was that um, people do say you, you should be looking to settle down now. Mm-hmm. And this one always makes me laugh because if you have a calling to travel, I always say if the world is calling your name and your heart wants to go explore, settling down is actually the exact opposite of what you want to do. Mm. So why the hell would someone who loves you tell you to do something you don't want to do? Yeah. And it makes me cringe because it's essentially telling you that you should be striving for that cookie cutter life that we're all told we're supposed to live Mm -hmm. and not live the life you dream of. And so essentially these people are dream crushers and I say, fuck them. Yeah. Why do you want to be with someone that's going to be a dream crusher? I mean, they always say that once you get into a a relationship with someone, it should be about making you the better version of you. Well, when I was saying settling down, I didn't really mean so your partner. I meant a lot of people's parents tell them that, their aunts, their family members, they're all in their ears saying, you know, what are you doing? You should be settling down now. You know, you should be, and this will tie into our next point, but you should be buying a house. You should be Mm. saving for retirement, your money. And this one, a number of people actually said this one that they've heard. And I'm thinking Sarah from Instagram specifically said this, but your money would be better spent elsewhere. That's a, uh, that's a good one, well. one. I mean, I always came from a household of save, 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 save. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are are told your money, you know, put it away for a rainy day. Spending yeah. money on traveling is a frivolous expense. It's a throwaway expense. Don't do it. I think anyone is crazy to think of traveling as a throwaway expense. I think it it is an investment. The same way that, yes, a, a piece of real estate is an investment, your pension is an investment into your future. But I also think traveling is and seeing the world and experiencing new cultures and creating lifelong memories is also an investment. And what people really confuse is these two things aren't, it's not either or. It's not mutually exclusive. Yeah. If you want to save for a house and travel, you can do both. You just Mm -hmm. need to take into consideration how much you're saving for the house. Maybe you're going to travel on a budget. Uh, saving for retirement. You can put money into your RSPs or superannuations Mm -hmm. or whatever it's called where you're from and still travel. Like people think it's either or. But what happens is if you get to a point, so many people when they're focused on only saving every single penny, it can can drag you down. Like sometimes I think of, you know, families who they might be saving for two or three years to take the whole family to Cuba. And, you know, they're really saving a lot of money to put that aside And people might see it as frivolous if they're living paycheck to paycheck, but they like people need that sometimes for their mental health or they want to give their children that experience that they rarely get. And I think, why would you ever take that away from someone? Yeah. And it's like you said, you don't have to pick one life route. Like I do all these things. I have a pension. I've had a pension for many years. Put some money away in there. I've got my travel pot. Put some money in there. I'm looking Mm -hmm. to buy my first place in London soon. uh, And I've saved money in there. And, you know, it's possible to do all of them. And sometimes it's a matter of, you know, maybe because obviously everyone's in a different life situation. So what might take someone to save six months to save, you know, it might take another family two years. But it's, it's still a good goal to have regardless. And even if you're just putting $20 a week away. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Listen, if you haven't yet, guys, please listen to our episode title. What is it called? Uh, How to save to see the world because we talk about yeah. just saving, saving money to travel and how it's doable and 
So go go have a listen after this episode if you haven't yet. Um, but this kind of ties into, again, we talk about responsibilities, things that would hold you back from traveling, things people tell you. And another one is, you know, what about your mortgage? If you do have a mortgage, Be, just because you have a mortgage somewhere. I have tons of friends that own properties wherever, whether it's in the UK or back home in, in uh, Canada that have bought a place and then they decided they wanted to go traveling for a few months or a year. And ding, it's ding, ding. Very, Hello. very simple. You can rent out your property. You don't even have to sell it. Keep your mortgage. I know so many people that have done it and I don't know why. I did it. Yeah, stepped in it. Yeah, you did it. Well, we moved over to the UK. You rented out your place uh, yeah. and you did it for years after that. You know, something like a mortgage should never be a reason. And if someone says that to you, don't let it get into your head. And I got to say, I was actually living that cookie cutter life that people say you're supposed to have. So I was in a long term relationship by the time I hit my early 20s. I bought my house at 23. I had a career job that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like all those tick boxes they say you're supposed to have. And it was literally the day before I turned 25, like definition quarter life crisis. Yeah. I was like, I have like, why am I not happy with what I have? Because I have everything I'm told I'm supposed to want. Right. And it was because I didn't want that life. You didn't want that and yet, but you felt like you had to I do it. I was just doing what I, yeah, what people are told they're supposed to do. Um, so I was kind of did the reverse and then obviously that relationship ended. I put my notice in at that job who were very supportive mm. and I put my house up for rent and I had tenants in it and I left. As easy yeah. as that. And, and I think that just goes to show that there's no right way or sequential way of living your life right like you can do things in a different order because everyone always thinks right if you're gonna travel like you said stuff you either do it when you're older and retired or mm-hmm. now you think you once you either like graduate university you do that sort of like gap year and you do some traveling after that and then you get into a career I mean it doesn't have to be that way everyone's life it's gonna it's gonna play out differently and again should never let someone tell you like this is the way life is supposed to be you know I know people that have had kids and they've they've decided to go traveling with their kids before they're old enough to go to school people do travel with their families as well I know a couple who pulled their children out of school and homeschooled them for a year while they traveled like there's so many different paths and I just don't want anyone to ever believe that because their path doesn't fit within someone else's narrow definition that it's wrong. Exactly. Okay. So I have a funny one. So I was dating someone and I was trying to gauge, you know, he had told me at the beginning, he's like, oh yeah, I've never seen the world much. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like tons of time. And then it came out that he didn't want to see the world. Didn't want to travel. Didn't want to do anything. So this was obviously very foreign to me. And I was like, oh, why not? And he said to me, why would I go anywhere else when I live in the best country in the world? Oh, that's a very like smug thing to say, I think. (laughs) I just like did a full body cringe just remembering it. Well, it's just so absurd. How would you know you live in the best country in the world when you've never left? If you've never been anywhere else. I mean, I'm assuming this is a Canadian that said this. Oh, yes, definitely. And what I later learned is when I dug a little deeper is that this person was actually terrified of flying. That was kind of the root cause of them not wanting to go uh, anywhere. So it was just a, an excuse. To yeah, they were cover just too embarrassed. Feeling. Right. 
Uh, which I mean, I don't want to belittle anyone who's terrified of flying. Fair enough. But I mean, there's road trips, there's cruises, there's so many other ways to see the world without getting on a plane that I was just, I just remember hearing that though. And I was like, I've never done, you know, I roll my eyes at people all the time. Like it's a problem that I have. I've I've gotten better, but it was a problem I had. And I just remember my eyes must have rolled into the back of my head. (laughs) You were like exorcist style. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and this is where this relationship ends. <laughs> but and tying into your own country, another one we got from one of our listeners was they said that they've heard is, well, have you been to all the places worth visiting in your own country? So oh, why right. would you leave if you haven't fully explored your own country? Which this one got me thinking more than anything else. And there's certainly value to seeing your own country. If someone said this to me when I lived in Canada, I'd have been like, I've been to Ontario, I've been to Quebec, I've been to Saskatchewan and BC. But quite honestly, I was thinking about it and it's like, I don't need a reason other than I want to go to another country. Yeah, I want to go somewhere. Like, and actually, tying into that, I feel like, because I think we talked about this before in one of our previous episodes. I mean, I've I've also seen a lot of Canada. I've done, when I was younger, we did the drive across. Um, I have a sister that lives out in British Columbia, so we used to go out there quite a lot. Uh, but there's still parts of Canada I haven't seen. I've never done the East Coast. I haven't done a lot of Quebec. I've been to Quebec City and Montreal. Um, and yeah, the territories I've never done. But I think since moving away and traveling the world and being to so many other countries, it's actually made me appreciate where I'm from a lot more. And it's actually made Mm -hmm. me want to now travel more from the country that I'm from. So, I mean, in a way, it's kind of come full circle where... Yes, when I left, I hadn't seen everything, but now it's given me that appreciation of, actually, there is a lot to see back home in Canada, um, and I would love to do it one day. So who knows if I had actually stayed. You tend to not explore everything Mm -hmm. that your native country has to offer. You don't. And sometimes, yeah, it takes going to see other places and cultures first to make you kind of come back and appreciate your own. Definitely. And I think I just always thought of Canada as for me I travel for culture and to immerse myself you know in different languages and I I could get a little bit of that in Canada for sure but it wouldn't be the same right like I wanted to explore the unknown yes and I think everywhere I could go in Canada would be safe it would be comfortable familiar yeah safe and I was looking for none of that well we always say that part of uh traveling is getting out of your comfort zone and so like you said if being in Canada wasn't gonna do that for you I mean for some people leaving their hometown and going to a big city is out of their comfort zone it's all dependent on you and how how you want to travel and and what is in your comfort zone and what's not but yeah I I'm, I'm the same stuff for me it was I needed to actually get up and go and leave Canada I mean I had barely left Canada when we moved over to the UK. So for me, that was a pretty big change. And I think I needed that. Yeah. To follow it up, I think one of the really good ones when we were, you know, bantering a bit before we started recording was the concept of people say, oh, what are you running away from? Yes. I think that probably ties into a bit of uh, when you and I left. I mean, was I happy in my career, in my life at that point? Not really. And I think a lot of people had said to me, oh, but are you just going because you're going to run away from the problems you have here? And I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe part of it was, but... Uh, I feel like it worked. <laughs> like, I mean, whether I mean, well, my plan, as I've always said, was like a year or two to stay here. But nine years later, I feel like I am much happier here. Work wise, career wise, it's been amazing. And I mean, I, yeah, I don't see it. Maybe maybe you are running away from problems, but. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Maybe by doing that, you find the solutions. Here's a good thing. Maybe you're not running away from problems. Maybe you're running towards your solutions. Hey, I like that stuff. (laughs) That's a positive way of thinking about it. Yeah, when I was saying it, I was like, I'm not saying this right. I'm not. But you're right. It was finding the solution. And I guess finding your happiness, right? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I've definitely had situations where, gosh, when you're young, you're so dramatic. And it's like you have a breakup with someone you dated for two months. So emo. I mean, I I had the the side bangs and the black (laughs) eyeliner. I was, I mean, you should see my first passport photo. You want to talk emo and drama? That was me. Yeah. But so sometimes I would book spontaneous trips. Absolutely. But on those trips, I would regroup and come back and be like, that shit did not matter. Like in yeah. the scheme of the world, what I ran from was the most irrelevant th- stuff. And yeah. sometimes people need that perspective. And the only way to get that perspective is when you leave. Yeah. And getting a, a fresh mindset about it. I do find when I travel, that's when I my mind is a, 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 as clear as it could be. And I can think about things really meticulously. And I do. I always find when I come back from traveling, whether it's a, a short trip or a long trip, I feel massively refreshed I feel like I think about things differently and if I do have any problems I can get through them in a much Mm -hmm. less sort of muddled mindset so yeah next time someone says to you if you want to travel you're running away from your problems what was it Steph maybe you're not running away from your problems but you're running towards your solution nice love it okay so we have a couple funny ones one I got was People who are scared of the food being weird. Like they don't know what they'll eat. Mm, Yeah. Which that would never occur to me because I eat everything. (laughs) So I'm someone, I didn't think I was a picky eater until I moved here. And um, Steph, you are the pickiest eater I think I have ever met in my life. So pretty much, (laughs) I don't eat anything out of the water. Like I hate anything that comes from the water. And I don't eat anything with mushrooms. That's kind of, or anything on a bone. What do you mean nothing that comes from the water? Like no seafood. But when I say no seafood, when I say no seafood, people are like, but what about crab? Like they'll start saying like, 
yeah, nothing that comes out of any body of water. Okay. So I was actually pretty worried about that when I knew I was going to be spending a couple months in Asia and they have a very seafood based seafood diet heavy in a diet. lot of places. Yeah. yeah. So I very consciously went out of my way to try a lot of seafoods to see if I'd like it. And I didn't. I couldn't get used to it. And I'm like, whatever, I'll figure it out. So when I was traveling through there, I pretty much ate a lot of noodles and a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruit. And I was healthier (laughs) than, to be honest, I am almost any time. And I actually lost a lot of weight traveling there in a very healthy way because I was moving all the time and I was eating healthier. Um, I mean, you're knocking seafood like seafood is very healthy for you. Very high in protein low in calories <laughs> i i just meant more because there wasn't yeah i mean i didn't say that right but i, I was fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was fine like i spent a lot of time in asia i spent a chunk of time in india i went to places where food is very different everywhere and i'm picky and i you was were fine. fine yeah i never went without like, you still didn't eat a mushroom fine. though I didn't eat a mushroom and I didn't eat any seafood. I actually went vegetarian for um, quite a few months of that trip because I was more concerned about how the animals are treated. I just didn't know. Yeah. I know in Canada, I have kind of an understanding of food regulations around animals and I didn't know what it's like in Asia or in India. Um, So I went vegetarian the whole time and it was actually pretty easy. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you... I don't want to put the put that like sticker on being a vegetarian is healthier for you. No diet can be labeled as healthy or unhealthy. It's oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was healthier for me because I was eating a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, yeah. a lot of bean and lentil dishes, and I was getting everything I needed. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. So the countries I was most worried about is where I was doing everything best for myself. Okay, well, and okay. then. Are you ready for this one? Yes. And I'm going to read this as it was said to us. Okay. This is through our Instagram, right? Yes. This comes from one of our listeners, from Anthony. So thanks for this. I really needed this laugh. I quote, diarrhea out of the ass if you drink the water. (laughs) I like to call that liquid ass. My friend and I were in Bali. We were calling it that because... I've heard it called soup ass, too. Soup ass. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so this is funny because obviously this happens in different places and they call it different things. So whether it's Bali belly or deli belly. And for me personally, this was all just being a smart traveler. So I knew I'd be going to places where the water was not always reliable. Mm-hmm. So I took a SteriPen with me. And it's basically an, an ultraviolet light pen, and it just destroys the microbes in the water. So you can purify a liter yeah. of water in 90 seconds. We had one of those uh, when I did Mount Kilimanjaro. We brought that up with us because, yeah, some of the stops we had to actually collect water from, mm-hmm. like, the water sources high up. Um, I actually remember one day I, we, I forgot to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fine. Oh. I drank un, unpurified water in uh yeah. in tanzania and i was actually perfectly fine our our um group leader was like oh have you been drinking out of that all day because i did put the he collected the water for us and i was like oh shit am i gonna yeah it was fine <laughs> i have a strong tummy i think i mean i think i definitely used it in circumstances where i probably didn't need to but i always figured 
better safe than sorry. Well, yeah, I think there's, it's funny that in some places, so I totally get, there's plenty of places in the world where you cannot drink the water out of the tap. But yeah. I always find it funny in like metropolitan cities oh, where yeah. like I have friends that have come to London and they're like, can I drink out of the tap here? Or I'm like, you are in a city with like <laughs> 8 million people. Yes. They have filtered the water here. I, at work recently, we had one of our, um, we've got like the, the filtered water taps that everyone drinks our water out of. And yes, you know, it's nice and chilled and it tastes really crisp and fresh. Um, but it broke one day. And mm. so, I mean, I was, I'm drinking water out of the regular tap. It's fine. But there were some people I work with that are British and they're like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't drink water out of the tap. Oh, and they're like, oh, God. it's not filtered. I'm like, what? And there's a guy we work with. He's from India. And he's laughing because he's like, where I come from in India, the water comes out brown. Like in our yeah. taps, you cannot drink the water there. He's like, I don't understand why people here won't drink water out of the taps. And he was just laughing. But um, I mean, yeah, guys, a lot of the places you'll go to, you're probably fine to drink the water out of the tap, especially in big cities. But just I mean, to- if this is a concern, you have options. Right. Like try not <laughs> to buy bottled water. Right. If you're in London or like. Don't buy bottled water because you're afraid I, to drink out of the tap. I cannot believe I. This is a whole nother rant. I, oh, people buying bottled water pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was that your rant? That was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I decided to hold it in because I could put an old episode about assholes and bottled water. <laughs> We're gonna do an episode on being environmentally conscious. Anyways, we'll save it for that. Yeah. All right. So I think to sum this episode up, it's basically people will feed you a lot of bullshit about your life decisions and their unsolicited advice. And for all of it, I say fuck them. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. And donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. 